through adoption, not a physical birth, is how God chose us to be the most perfect connection to Him. And um, I could understand that after adoption, like the bond might not be as powerful, it might not be as strong. It's pointing back to God and His choice of how He even adopts us as sons and daughters. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Aisha Woods, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha. I didn't even notice the music. Here we are. Episode 240. (laughs) Don't you have one of your laughing spells? (laughs) We've had a few of those. Some of them didn't make the podcast, but uh, we'll try to be serious for this. Welcome to Between the Grooves. It's your look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. And today, a great conversation with a woman by the name of Stacia Hepburn. Now, the thing I find interesting about this conversation, a lot of times when you think of a worship leader, whether it's in your church or a renowned worship leader that you would hear played on the radio or they've got songs on Spotify and, and the streaming services and whatnot, you think that that's, that's what they do. That's, that's all they mm-hmm. do. A lot of times, right. even at church, you look at somebody leading worship and you think that's maybe maybe they're the worship pastor in their church and that's their full-time job. But the reality right. is that there's a lot of people in this industry that have other jobs on the side. In fact, sure leading worship is just one small element of their life. You know, believe it or not, I do more than just radio. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, there and you and you, you're a Grammy nominated artist who is a worship pastor in a church, mm-hmm. and that's kind of your right. livelihood. But beyond that, you've got kids that you look after, including including your husband, and mm-hmm. you know that I got five kids. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, I better not say that. <laughs> it's okay. He's, he's he won't he won't know you said it. We'll, we won't tell him. <laughs> All of that being said. Stacia is a worship leader, but she also has some other stuff on the go, and mm-hmm. her life has dramatically changed as well. And and one of the things I'd like for us to chat a little bit about with her is this whole adoption thing. Um, yeah, some people are good at it, or want to do it, or uh, have considered doing it. I know I've got friends of mine that have adopted, and it's for them it's the best thing since sliced bread if i can use that term I hear you. they have their own kids that they had and as their kids got older they wanted they really felt that they should be adopting and it's mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. scriptural as well when you think of right. it right looking after the orphans looking after the older generation the seniors mm-hmm. and, and whatnot all of that stuff is scriptural and they have literally put that into practice and that's what stacia has done as well and I love so that. yeah so let's get into this conversation with stacia hepburn on between the grooves i'm complaining about the winter cold but i'm not going to complain ever about the summer heat right so Anyways, Stacia, tell us a little bit about you. I know you're a worship leader. I know you've done some stuff with nonprofit. Um, You've adopted as well. Is that right? That's interesting. Yes. That's a whole other thing right there. I mean, that's a lot of work and you've got to have a heart for it. But I know people Mm -hmm. that have done it and they wouldn't trade it for anything. Oh, it's I think adoption is just 
It's incredible because I, you know, I feel like God could, I know this might sound a little bit awkward, but God could have chosen to have us as sons and daughters in any kind of form or fashion that he chose. He's God. (laughs) And through adoption, not a physical birth is how God chose us to be the most perfect connection to him. And um, I could understand that after adoption, like, wow, when people think the bond might not be as powerful or might not be as strong, it's pointing back to God and his choice of how he even adopts us as sons and daughters. That's interesting. So, yeah, it's there. It's amazing. It really is. How many kids do you have as far as adoption is concerned? Uh, just the one. Just, just the one. Okay. <laughs> and and do you have yes. any? Do you have any natural children as well? I do not. Okay. I do not. And it, it all happened through just really situational, just saying yes to God in different areas of my life. Um, I have talked to people who've tried to adopt, especially in America, and sometimes they've struggled and. There's a lot of policies and, you know, government and things in America, and it does sometimes set up challenges. And of course, children can be older and um, different people have different views on what that can look like. But for me, Mm. it was just saying yes to God. And through, yes, some other areas of my life are with worship and um, worship leading. And then I Matter 2 is the charity. But I felt the call one day from God to go and mentor a child through the organization that I believe the Lord gave me a vision for. And I hadn't mentored someone in quite some time because I was doing other things. Um, And as far as through, I met her too. And I just, uh, I just, this one situation, the girl was about to age out at 18 uh, foster children are on their own or they have some choices, but a lot of them are on their own. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like God saying, this is, this is you, you need to go. And I went and I didn't even know she had a daughter at the time. I didn't know anything about her. I just went and yeah, the first time meeting her, I found out she had a daughter who was was two at the time. And then I met her the following week when I went back, she was living in a a group home with her daughter. And um, that's when my daughter, uh, at the time came running up, like jumped in my arms and I got to meet her for the first time. And so it was really not an intention as far as through adoption, but God's perfect plan of, wow. um, of just saying yes. And yeah, cause I talk to people that are like, I really want to adopt, you know? And I'm like, I wish I could give them the exact process. I do know I have contacts and things like that. And we know great organizations that can assist with that, but sometimes it can take years and, um, mm-hmm. and other times it happens quickly, but for us, it was quick because it was, it was just saying yes to God. And then him literally putting it in my lap. Wow. Um, and so it was, and it's been my greatest gift <laughs> besides Jesus himself. It really ha- is so, <laughs> so beautiful. And how old was your daughter at the time? She was two. Okay. And so she moved with me a week before her third birthday wow. and I was able to adopt, um, when she was four. So it was pretty quick. Yeah, you think two years is is not, or, or I guess a little over a year is not a long time, and it actually isn't when you look yeah. at the whole scheme of things. But like you say, there's a lot of um, legal obstacles very often that you have to go through. Sometimes you have to jump through hoops and stuff like that. And like you say, sure. some people have to wait a long time. Yes, that can happen. I mean, there are a lot of good, especially Christian adoption agencies now, and we partner with government, and we understand like you know, reasons and why it's just a, it can be a complicated system, but we should still do it. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, we should sure. still do it in America because the need is so great. 
And these mm-hmm. kids are precious. They are us, you know, they're God's children. Yep. And adoption is good anywhere around the world. But of course, I advocate for it here because I see the need. Did you foster first or just went straight into adoption? No. And that's the other miracle (laughs) is that you don't even have to be a foster parent. Like there are kids out there and I didn't go through an agency. You know, it, it was honestly because I said yes to the mentoring and then it was an affiliation that the child already knew. And so the judge was able to appoint that because I already had that relationship. Right. Uh, I don't want to get too controversial here, but there was that uh, Roe versus Wade thing overturned in the U.S. Um, yes. a while back now. Do you think with that um, having been overturned and abortion is now illegal technically in the United States, although I'm sure they're going to find some way to, you know, make it legal Still. in some areas or whatever else and do some right. stuff. But do you think there's going to be a lot more children that will need to be fostered or adopted in the next little while? That is a tricky one. It it seems like the answer would be yes, absolutely. There's so many now, though. That's why I hesitate. There are a lot um, of, there's a lot already. And in my situation, I'm so proud of my daughter's biological mom, who was 14 when she got pregnant, And she shares how people told her to have an abortion. And that was the message over and over to her at her age and just what she was going through. And I just look at, wow, I'm so glad you as a 14 year old. And I know that is a really tough road, but I'm so thankful she didn't. My whole life would be different. And um, I'm so glad that she moved forward, that she knew this was a child, you know, and that she, there was no way she didn't hesitate. And I know that's hard for, for wow. young moms to even not hesitate on that. But she, for some reason she had it in her to say no, um, hmm. when adults were telling her to do that, but that is not the majority. I think a lot of, especially young moms definitely would go with whatever their influences are. So it could create more of that. But again, that that's a blessing. Every child is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. Every child, the Bible says, is a gift from God, no matter how Mm -hmm. the child was created or what the situation is. There's still a human life (laughs) um, made in the image of God. So I do think it could increase. um, It could potentially. But I know I'm already hearing of like loopholes and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, you've talked a lot about the biological mom and the issue I have overall with this whole thing is... There's a dad there too. Like, pull up your socks, take responsibility, take sure, sure. tangle, and right. you know where's the accountability, right? So if I can be blunt, I just I you know everybody always talks about the mom and it's the mom's decision yes. and everything else. And yeah, the mom carried yes. the child for nine months, but what about the guy? Like, you can have some right. fun, but just walk away when there's responsibility. Now, come on, you're trying to shake. Sorry, sorry if I'm being really sarcastic, but <laughs> man, it just it just ticks me off. It, it, it does yeah. so. Yes. And there's always a story, you know, there's always, it usually just leads back to not having additional support, you know, additional male, positive, Christ fearing, loving fathers. Mm -hmm. And it's just a generational sin that keeps repeating itself. And until there's, you know, a man to step in and show a different way, it just repeats. That's why, you know, we love the mother's (laughs) that and the fathers, that the fathers, especially who are raising their sons right now Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. fierce warriors and leaders. Um, 
like Aisha's, you know, it's like, we need that, like keep multiplying, (laughs) keep multiplying (laughs) and sending out more arrows because we need them like that. (laughs) You know, that's what our, that's what our men are raising up. That's what they're learning, whatever they learned. And then they have a child and they either run away from that responsibility because they're afraid they don't, they honestly don't have the tools, the skills, and they they don't have Christ, you know, necessarily in them to Mm. guide them at that time. And so they're, you know, there's a child that's left abandoned. Right. Well, two thumbs up for the dads as well. Yes, like, indeed. Are you a father? I'm curious. Uh, who are you talking to, Aisha? Or maybe? You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got two kids. I've got a 21 year old son and an 18 year old going on 30 year old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that's Kudos to you. Kudos. Yeah. Any grandchildren yet? No, no. Come on, you're you're. Uh, you're aging me, so no. Okay, no, okay. No. And I and I I mean, I'm sure I will look forward to it one of these days. I think I yeah. I'm just a kid at heart right now, so that you would just be it would almost be an insult, right? Because I'm thinking to myself, grandkids, come on, I'm not that old, but yeah, right. my, my kids are getting on for sure. Um yeah. they are a blast. Um it's a lot of work. It's interesting, um, Aisha and I had a conversation, and this <laughs> never made it to the podcast, and I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say it now, but I will say it. Um, this was, uh, I guess, a couple of months ago, and it was June and uh, and we were talking. We were talking Father's Day. Remember that? And this was yes, this I was do. this was off mic. Never made it to the podcast. And she was asking me, "So, how was your Father's Day?" And and I said, "Well, it was great. Uh, you know, just stayed home and relaxed. Spent some time with my family. And and I said I didn't go to church. And oh, why didn't you go to church? And to be honest, I have not gone to church on Father's Day in many, many, many years. And the reason for that is because on Mother's Day. Normally, when you go to church, or at least in the churches that I've attended, Mother's Day is all about, oh, moms, you've guys pin flowers. You've, yeah, yeah you're, you've done an awesome job. What a responsibility! This, you know, we we honor you. We, you know, we <laughs> we celebrate you and everything else for all the moms here today. But when it comes to Father's Day, I've always found in church it's been if if there's a message specifically on Father's Day, because some churches just kind of Happy Father's Day and they move on and they go on with their regular series, right? right? But but in a lot of churches they'll they'll have the Father's Day service and it's more about yeah dads you know you got to pull up your socks a little bit you can do better you know there's you got to strive for better you can do a better job and I'm thinking you're preaching to the choir here like I'd like to be celebrated like the moms are being celebrated and so uh, sadly I've I've chosen because of past experience I've chosen not to go to church on Father's Day so um yeah, so yes. I've got two great kids, <laughs> and I love them uh, to pieces. And uh, and you know, there's always challenges, there are there's always skirmishes and and differences of opinion. <laughs> but that's because they're older now, and they're their own person, as it were. But uh, yeah, they're a blast. I wish I could spend more time with them and do more stuff with them, you know. But right, right, you know. Hey, you need to come to our church on Father's Day next time. I know it's a little hike. <laughs> or watch online. <laughs> we gave our dads tons of like not t- tons, but they get gifts too. Right. I think they yes. get a really cool like koozie, like something to put on their their mugs, and um, they all got gifts this year. <laughs> See, so, so me, it's not the gifts because I, so, I don't like I don't oh, I don't care about the gifts as much as the 
just what the sermon is about. Yeah, the affirmation. I don't I want I don't want to be criticized or, you know, you gotta right. be doing a better job and stuff. I'd rather if you're gonna have a message about fathers on Father's Day, talk about, you know, the fact that, hey, the fathers that are there, we celebrate you because yes. you're here. Doing a now good the job. ones that aren't yes. there, like me now, <laughs> right, <laughs> those right. are the ones that maybe need the message, right? <laughs> so. Anyways, it's good. Oh, it's, it's really good. good. Yeah. So hopefully that's a challenge to churches to uh you know change the message a little bit you know mm-hmm. especially if you're preaching to the choir or in a lot of church settings the men in the church are good fathers you yes. know christ-fearing fathers um yeah you might have one or two that are our dads and they're just visiting because their kids prompted them to come for father's day right, well maybe right. they'll see how dads get treated uh, on a Sunday service instead of, you know, you got to be doing a better job, guys. Hammering down on Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So. Before we move on. Oh, no. We're going to keep going on this. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell me if you guys sang Good, Good Father on <laughs> Every Father's church Day. does. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we do it every uh, every Father's Day. Good, Good um, Father? I put. Yes. Oh, no. Seriously, you're not <laughs> one of those the, worship leaders, are yes, you? Yes, I am. <laughs> Stacia, did you guys I, sing Good, Good Father? You know, I'm trying to remember, and I know <laughs> that we have. I know that we have on one of the Father's Days. I'm positive. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I'm trying it's to remember given. this past one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we did. But what is, it is good. That is a good song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. For my and play- it's true. It rings true. And earthly dads need to realize it, too. <laughs> yes, indeed. So what's life like for you, Stacia, as a worship leader? Oh, that's a great question. It's always changing here and there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's a busy, a little busier season right now uh, with, you know, multiple things. Um, like in the last week, well, we we I do songwriting now at my church. So we started just this past week. Um, it's called Radiant Collective is the, the group. My church is Radiant Church, and I'm part of that worship team. I play guitar there, and then I sing. I have taken some seasons over the last decade of worship leading and worship leading out and about, being involved at my church, and then through adoption and becoming a mom and COVID and some different time periods, just having seasons of kind of uh, reshifting, focusing time priorities and things. Yeah. Um, I've recently stepped back into a season of more involvement at my church. So what that looks like right now is weekly sessions just for a few weeks of sort of re-entering back in with uh, vocals and playing guitar and songwriting. So our team is constantly involving. We have eight locations now and an online location Good gracious. Um, that's, four a, that's a big church. Yeah. And I think by next year, they already have four. Maybe the goal is two or four new locations. So they're wow constantly in that mode of growth and expansion. Mm-hmm. So our worship teams are always evolving and, you know, new campuses starting. So that's been exciting to be part of because I was part of the church from ground up. I was able to mm. see the first 50 people, you know, meeting at a different location. And now we have eight locations all across you know, the Tampa Bay area and expanding. So that's been exciting to be part of. How has worship music changed in your opinion based uh, like over the last few years, whether it be pandemic related or technology wise? 
In general or yeah, just specific just, at our... Well, in general that, that you've seen and also specifically for you, because I, um, I was talking with Aisha in the past about um, tracks and how that's been incorporated yes. into worship as well. And that's that's different from it was from what it was even, well, maybe not five years ago, but certainly 10 years right. ago. And yep. I mean, it was around and, and artists, CCM artists performing on stage have done that for years. But right. in, in a church environment, it's relatively new right. in comparison. That is true. Yes. And when we started, you know, production, all that, it is all, it, it has completely expanded as well. I'm trying to think when we started with those, it might have been in the first years. But of course, our first practices were like a small group of us sitting up in a, mm. a room in a in a broken down building, you know, an old movie theater. Now we have, yes, full on production creative teams. Um, and we use tracks and clicks and, um, and all of that. There's a, there's a director at each campus, a music director, you know, who's leading and speaking to us the entire. So that's, that's something, you know, if you're out leading worship and you're just bringing a guitar and you're singing, it's pretty much you, God, and the people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and, but when you add in all the production, you just, you have to adjust and get used to, you know, there's voices speaking to you during worship. And there's, you know, there's messages and you're going to go with the flow that's different. You know, you might plan out something, but something else, you know, might change or the pastor might, you know, on the moment also want something different or, (laughs) you know, and that doesn't happen all the time. But those are some of the differences, too, that you're like, you could have a worship set completely planned if it's just you going somewhere or a small group. Yeah. But then there's other things that can change when you bring in full production. Or maybe mm-hmm. something with sound happened. You know, there's just different elements. And, um, but it's it's really good. And I know at the end of the day, it's to benefit the people and just center them and give them just a different part of the Lord that is of excellence and that is pleasing to Him. And really just to heighten the worship experience, not just mm-hmm. in an experience way, but in a closeness with God. And, but sometimes the behind the scenes, you know, there's, there's different yes. things going on behind the scenes. So you, many parts to play in that. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of moving parts and um, a lot of components, different components that add to the big picture. How much? And you, hope, of, you know, with practicing and all, you just hope that it, when you're then when it's happening on the service, it's just flowing, right? Right. Um, that we get there. Yeah, it's six o'clock, six thirty. So that we can get through all of that, you know, is there something that's changing or is there um, and just go over the parts and things. But so that when it's live, it's just, yes, you're still hearing a click in your ear, you're still having um, different, you know, an MD speaking, but it's really you are centered on the Lord. Now, do you guys have multiple services? We have four services at our, so our pastor speaks at a location where there's four services, then broadcast wow. out similar. I believe that's elevation in some other churches, that similar model. And then we broadcast to the others. There's a local campus pastor at each one and a okay. separate worship team. And they all have different numbers of services, but a minimum of two at each campus. Okay. The okay. one where I am, we have two morning and then there's a 5 p.m. And... Yeah, that's a great service. And our pastor actually comes to the 5 p.m. as well. So he has a very long day. <laughs> wow. Well, so do the singers and the artists and the musicians, right? right? Yes, but we rotate, which is nice, on the right. 5 p.m. Right. So every six weeks, it'll be a different worship team. Okay. 
So cool. that that way, yes, it's not the same like constantly going from six a.m. to seven p.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long day. So, Stacia, you mentioned uh, the voices speaking to you during worship, and just to clarify, it's not necessarily just the Holy Spirit. You're talking about <laughs> you're talking about the uh, you know the voices in your in your monitors. Uh, MD being the music director. Um, my question to you: Do you find it confusing? Because normally in the past, the worship leader was the leader. And now what is happening in churches is you've got the worship leader and you've also got a music director, somebody at the keys or, or another instrument that's kind of giving direction to the singers and the musicians. So mm. who follows who? Oh, that's a great question. And it can look a little different depending, but ideally you have the MD is really there for to follow. Like it could be following the pastor's directions or it's um, whoever is leading that song, the MD does. Um, it's more instrumental, so they're they're calling out. Um, like, let's say the pastor's going to speak. You just played two songs. Now the pastor's coming up for um, a three minute or four minute. You know what they want to share. So the MD is speaking on what we're going to play. They might pick different chord progressions. So mm. the singers might not even be part of that at that time. And then the MD is just speaking out what chords, you know, national number system. They're saying, you know, we're playing sure. one, four, five. Um, and then you're just following along. And then we also feel like what the speaker's doing. So if they're, you know, if they're speaking on something that's increasing in like energy, then our, the MD is going to speak, you know, so we can increase with the pastor um, on our energy and like what kind of temp or what we're playing really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, it, you know, we bring it back down and then it's in live when you're actually doing a song. Um, yeah, the MD is really just following tracks and what we, you know, what, what was practiced basically mm-hmm. um, as well. How many- if a track or something needs to change, they might change that usually before because then we are playing with tracks too. <laughs> are you uh, 100% tracks or is it just, you know, every other song or maybe a couple of songs no, in a worship pretty set? pretty much 100, 100 okay. pretty much, yeah. Mm. If the track goes out, you have to go on the fly. <laughs> right, right, right. But they, or you need re- to end the song early. They can still like <laughs> the worship leader who is leading a song. They may change the tracks. They may, you know, right before right. when we're at that earlier practice. They, it's not a practice, but when we're doing a run through, they might cut a track or something. Or you know, they're still in charge of arranging. Um, but when we are doing it, yes, we're we have a track behind it. So with tracks and musicians, how good are the musicians? Like, can they carry it if the track ends or it fades out or whatever? Yes. We honestly, I feel like our, we have incredible, we really do incredible worship leaders, musicians, and yes, and that's happened. So, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and you have to, but they're, they are really good. And you know, the, the campus directors, the worship leaders, um, so there's an, you know, there's auditions and things like that now. Like I said, like in the beginning, it was funny because we were just, just started singing together. We just, you know, it was yeah. the first groups who were stepping forward to be part of it. And now there's a very thorough like audition process. And then they go through training, you know, or anyone that is on, you know, makes it through the audition, then enters into something called Thrive. And that is a couple month training where they get to go over things like technology and tracks and in-ears and yes um that way you're not just throwing somebody up right. maybe most people have used in-ears most people have that are auditioning but every now and then there's someone that hasn't right. and they're a really skilled musician you know they have talent and skill from the lord and 
So you just want to make sure people are comfortable before they're just, you know, hey, you're scheduled on a Sunday. Right. And it's, you know, and then it's singing harmonies together. It's just sort of going through things like that, how we blend, how, you know, just certain things that you can talk through through that week long, those weeks long process. Now, and then they shadow, you'll shadow on a Sunday. So you don't necessarily jump up and just, you know, if you're new on the team, um, you take a Sunday to just kind of sit with the worship team and watch like when we get there and just how, how it works during the run through. How do you tell someone maybe you'll do better uh, running slides. That's, that, that's exactly the way you do it, I, I think. There you <laughs> yeah. go. How can you tell them they're not really good? <laughs> and honestly, I'm not actually part of the audition process um, yes. as far as I went through it myself, but I'm not part of that, that determination. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing those people and knowing the culture of our church Yes, it, that's a tough one, you know, because and I, and I think, but what you do and what they've done is finding, like you said, like an, an area to get started Yes, um, and encouraging people, because I know this has happened, encouraging people, if you feel a call from God to do this and you truly believe that here's some things that you could work on and then come back, you know, and, and re-audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if someone really feels passionate and they want to put some of the work into that, you know, they can, they should come back mm-hmm. and, and re-audition. So, but that is up to the person then, right? But also <laughs> there's other opportunities, right? There's other opportunities to serve. And someone just might have a heart right. for music. You know, they might have a heart for music, but they might enjoy, yes, helping with sound or helping with lights or production or creative team. So if I could, if I could offer a suggestion here, and those teams, trust me, I couldn't be involved in those teams. So let me just give a shout out to them because they are amazing. Like they are. <laughs> that's a talent too. So hopefully, <laughs> so, I was thinking of Randy Jackson. He's well, a no for me, dog. Yeah, but the, you know, <laughs> that's where I was headed with this thing. So, so you have musicians. You have some musicians that are paid. Like we know about that right. in churches where you pay some musicians uh, for right. whatever reason. Um, could you not temporarily pay Simon Cowell to come in during the audition <laughs> process and just kind of, you know, delegate that off to him? That's his responsibility to get rid of the dead wood. Oh, sorry. I, you know, I don't want to say it in a not bad way, but, wood. you know, but, but get rid of the, uh, the people that aren't as, as uh, qualified for the job, as it were. Right. That is, right. I know, I know. And you know, Just another call. thing we do though, that helps with that is there is an online and I know other churches that do that. Um, if you submit an online video, we do that first, and then you get invited to come, you know? Right. So right. sometimes it, it happens right there where something right. can get submitted and then, you know, it's not like the next step already. Does that? Yeah. Right. No, hey, that's, that's great. That's how radio stations work. You send your music in. Mm-hmm. If you don't hear anything, it's probably not going to get played. It's, it's a no. Right. It's yeah. a no for me, though. It's a no for me. That's right. Thank you, Randy Jackson. Love Randy. Love Randy. So your role as well as worship leader is also equipping other leaders. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and what you do? Great. And are you referring to outside the church? Are you referring to I Matter too? Uh, I'm actually referring to the church, but let's hear about I Matter as well. Okay. So a lot of my time, I mean, I'm in sort of a shift motion here <laughs> um, of, yes, being out a little bit more um, in regards to, you know, even with having my daughter older now, it 
it's a different season. So being out more, there were previous opportunities at churches. Sometimes it's combined with worship. Sometimes it's speaking. Sometimes it's sharing opportunities um, for I Met Her Too. And so in this next season, you know, it's more um, reconnecting and sort of getting out a little bit more for those opportunities. Um, within the church, really my role is just, it's with the songwriting and it's, it's being scheduled and it's, it's showing up and it's playing and it's singing. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And with I Matter too, you know, eventually as we keep hiring like a directors and I think it's more, more leaders within I Matter too, that would be raising up people. Like we have a mentorship and to- we hire tutors. We're doing a food outreach um, called Weekly Mana, and that is delivering food. So there's been different coordinators and people with that. And really my involvement there, there have been seasons where I'm leading it all. <laughs> and But we also mm. equip leaders to lead it um, where I'm more of now met the messaging and getting out and connecting with churches. Again, whether that's through music or whether that's through um, just giving the message of I Met Her Too, Um, and hopefully increasing awareness and funding that really is my next season goal. It has to be, um, on the funding end, because if not, we can never hire, you know, and, and bring Mm -hmm. on the people specifically to really be digging in the day to day constantly, like in a specific area, Mm -hmm. um, that's needed in these different outreaches, but you know, it all mixes together. It really does like where I am involved on my worship team, I'm also meeting, you know, with my church on all their campuses and the outreaches, um, you know, with the outreach director, the mission outreach director. So, but there's one at all the churches, but there's also other organizations, you know, that we connect with. But of course I love, I love the church. I love people that are moved by God, obviously, to understand the call on, you know, orphan ministry and just the abused and the neglected. I believe no matter what you're doing, it's amazing because we have people on our worship team who are nurses and doctors. You know, our MD last week, he's a doctor at an emergency room. And I'm telling you, he is a skilled musician. God has gifted people in, it, it, it is challenging when you're, you know, you've got the gift of healing or working as a nurse or, but you're also gifted in music ministry or worship leading. And I do think sometimes we have multiple, you know, motherhood, fatherhood. There are yeah. multiple gifts. And I was just talking to someone this Sunday, um, young leaders at our church, powerful pastor, Sarah. She is an incredible speaker. Her husband, you know, pastoring, leading the college. We have a college at our church um, that got launched a few years ago. Anyway, we're talking and they're like, you know, we are just solely involved in ministry. Like we're doing the college and she does the broadcast services and the social media and stuff. And she's a powerful speaker, (laughs) but there are people too. So they do have multiple areas that they're doing, but within a church, but yeah, there are people who are then working a hospital shift. They're coming, they're leading worship and then they're heading off to worship or I'm sorry, they're heading off to the hospital. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just to, to manage all that. It's just, it really is a miracle from God, but we, you know, it's, so for me, if you ask like to me, it all has to mix. If it doesn't all mix, it doesn't work. 
Yeah. It has to go together. So if I'm at a church for one purpose, like you just mix it in with the other purpose. Yeah, yeah. And I, yep. that's what I love, whether it's in the church or, you know, at a concert type venue or whatever else. That's what I love seeing is people using those gifts and mm-hmm. using it for God and for the congregation and the people in the church. Yeah. So Each yes. joint supplies the need. Yeah. Yes. Well, that is it. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Bye, Stacia. You too. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. That was a great conversation with Stacia. I love her heart. And it's nice to know that God has given her everything that she needs to uh, she's she's got her hand in a lot of things. Yeah, she does. And um, but she's she's got everything that she needs to get it done. So if you want to check out uh, more about Stacia and her organization, go to her website. And it's imatter2.com. Two as in also. Don't you hate when people mess that up? Oh, two. The grammar <laughs> police are going to be all over you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I matter. So two T O O not not T O not T W O T O O. I matter too. Right. That's it. Yeah. I matter com. Okay. Well, let's get to some artist advice. And this week we hear from Chris Cron and Neon Feather, or Ben Thompson, otherwise known as All Creatures. I just feel like there is a lot more wiggle room for. Uh, styles of music in Christian in the Christian world. I think if it moves you personally, then there's a, a good chance that there's a really large collection of people around the world that will similarly move them. And I think that we just need to trust our gut a little bit more and dare to uh, step out and like make music that moves us and not just focus on wondering, if this will move everyone else, because I think we need to just um, trust our own musical journeys, our own musical exposure, and make novel combinations of styles and move things forward. I think creativity is just such an integral part of being a creation, is um, pushing creativity forward. And again, I don't know if this is a prescription for success or whatever, but uh, it would just be don't settle. And I. I think that can be applied to a lot of different things. Don't settle for the same old lyric. Don't settle for um, wearing the same clothes that every other Christian artist wears. Don't settle for uh, the first iteration of a um, record label contract. Don't settle for something that you don't really believe in. Don't settle for something that you don't want to do. Like, never just do something because you are tired or you don't know what to do. ask questions get in there like you this is this is your thing this is unique to you so don't settle for something that is not you i'm with him on that when he talked about the lack of creativity i see it so often and particularly in in christian music and i have an appreciation for when people go outside of the box and explore a little, you know, don't try and make music for radio, mm-hmm. you know, just do what God put in you to do and, and maintain the authenticity and, and let God do with it what he wants done. You know, in that vein, uh, I think back to a conversation I had with one of the 
Smallbone Brothers of For King and Country, and we were talking about one of their mm-hmm. songs, and this was a few years back, so I can't remember what song it was, but he was saying how they went through, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, maybe 60 different versions of the song before they were happy with the final product that went out. And the one thing I appreciate about those guys is their songs are unique. They're very different. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. like artists that do something different and don't sound like, oh, here's just another pop sounding song, right? Um, Right. So I appreciate artists. And that's that's the reason why, and I've said this in the past, where I, I like bands like Queen, where all their music sounds completely different. You know, you can have an mm-hmm. album and all the songs are completely different, very unique in their own way. Some right. songs I don't like, but other songs I think are amazing. But I appreciate the sure. fact that all their stuff does sound different. It also makes me think back to some of the singing competitions where, you know, the judge like Simon Cowell will say, well, make it your own, you know. Right. <laughs> and, right. and it's so true because it's so easy to get up there and just mimic the original artist or mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. carry karaoke your way through life when you know <laughs> I love that. they talk about you know no more wiggle room in christian music styles and it's true have your own style don't try to sound like yeah. the other artists that are out there and as you said be authentic in what yeah. you're doing and i also like the comment from chris about not mm-hmm. settling for the same sound the same music the same look for that matter right. you know like right. it seems like a lot of artists can't afford a pair of jeans because they all have the you know cuts and rips in them you know <laughs> so don't settle for that buy some jeans that don't have holes in them wouldn't that be unique <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry anyways that is it there's the music it's time for us to go thanks for tuning in and uh, thank you for stacia for hanging with us as well on between the grooves this week listening to Faith Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com.